Cairo, Seattle. It's time to get schooled with a professor, Sean Clayton. And welcome to Schooled with a Professor. It is my pleasure to get together with Sean Salisbury. We've been together for so long, you know, since his uh, early days with the Seahawks, when I was covering the Seahawks, and he was quarterback, and of course, uh, you know, our days together at ESPN. And so, Sean, I guess the big thing, because obviously we want to talk a lot about the quarterbacks. What do you think about this year? You knew there was going to be a lot of change at the quarterback position, but now when Tua went down last week, we've got 14 new quarterbacks right now on teams. What do we say about a year like this? You better have a good backup, Johnny. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or you better be great somewhere else because the, the irony of this is and when, when we're all healthy, we are loaded with really – John, you've been covering it for so long. And when, you, when, when I was playing at my, in my era with Elway and Marino and Moon and Young and Favre and Montana and Jim Kelly, I mean, we were loaded. That's a, I mean, there's a whole bunch of Hall of Famers we just named, right? I mean, damn, damn near all of them. And so that group, the Elway, that group was, I thought, the most top-heavy group in the golden era of quarterbacks, golden age, I do. And, and I don't know if you agree or not. But then and we went through the Bradys and Mannings and some great players along the way, obviously. But now we got this group of young studs mixed with, well, Brady's still playing, and, and the Rodgers and this, this group are really good, and Russ Wilson with some young, I'm talking about dudes that are, that are playing football, like a Mac Jones that's playing better than a, than a rookie supposed to play, and you see potential in a lot of these guys. So I think depth-wise we're loaded, but when you get this hurt, John, see the starting quarterback job is loaded. The backup quarterback job, to me, is average at best. So you better have somebody who can come in like a Fitz or one of those guys who's got some experience that can hold you down when Fitz is a backup and healthy, and he's down as well. And, and get you a game or two. Because, John, you know this, by the end of the season, if a guy misses a game or two and, and a guy like Jacoby Brissett or somebody comes in and you can't muster up wins, that's the difference in either winning a division or missing the playoffs in December. These two games, so September and October matter. But the depth of the position, phenomenal. But you better have a good backup or you better be loaded on defense and you better have a Derrick Henry-type running back, which there ain't many of those that can hold it down. But... Uh, I, I think it's an uh, unfortunate stroke of bad luck. I don't think there's any coincidence to it. But when it hits you, you scramble around and you realize just how important it is to be loaded with more than one guy that can at least hold down the position if he's not a star. But then, you know, the bad part is the general managers went against that because the limited amount of money that was spent for backup quarterbacks has been absolutely right. brutal because, you know, they either have young guys, drafted guys, uh, undrafted guys and uh, you know minimum salary guys, and so where you're right about that, it seems like the general managers are wrong. Yeah, and John, here's what I don't think about this: if you could, in a, in a time when we spread out receivers or we have linebackers that need to be able to stay on the field for three downs, not, and we do have a lot of specialization, we'll pay. I mean, you say, man, I got to have three or four good corners the way that these guys spread it out and play. Why wouldn't you? I've never understood this. Why wouldn't you protect yourself? Why wouldn't you say, I mean, these guys, well, because you trust that Aaron Rodgers or that Brady are just going to stay healthy because their track record says they are. But what happened to Dallas last year when Dak goes down and you protected yourself with Dalton, they just were a putrid defense. And you go around the league and you say, man, what if this is the difference? And I'm not, it's not just a rallying cry for backup quarterbacks. 
But I'll tell you this, you better be smart and protect yourself because if you don't, the way these guys go down, and they, even with protected rules, hits are vicious or a cut or an ankle or a knee, all those things. And you're right. They don't invest in the quarterback position other than the starter. And if you don't, and you know, a lot of these teams are going through this like, oh, my gosh, now what are we going to do in hopes that the guy's not out long? And, and it just is uh, maybe they got to go back to the times and, and back in that era when guys who could start were playing backup 25 years ago and not making – Six million as a backup, but it's an important and an invaluable position for the starter, especially if you if you're losing him for a significant amount of time. Yeah, no doubt about it, and that's the thing that's so crazy. And then last week, you know, five six quarterback injuries. You know, some now going on injured reserve, and some being very serious as far as how long they're going to be out. And you know, I don't know if that trend is going to continue this week. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. Let's hope not. And you, Johnny, you know this. You've been covering this for so for so many years and seen it. This league, hence why we have these rules to protect the big boys, right? We want our stars on the field. We want Mahomes and Brady and Rodgers and Russ Wilson on the field and the Derek Cars. But it is a brutal, vicious game that's explosive, and it's almost like if you're fortunate enough to get through 17 or 16, 17 this year, but 16 in the past. And man, you better you thank your lucky stars and then drop a prayer to the good Lord because it's hard to do durability, which is even more tribute to these guys like Brady who can do it for so long and continue to show up on the field. But let's hope that this is a clean injury weekend and we get some great football because we got a monster one in Los Angeles as well. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, how do you look at that game? Because obviously, uh, you know, Tom Brady, nine touchdown passes, uh, carrying the Bucks right now. You go back to last year, and he's had uh, six consecutive regular season games where he's uh, you know, got three three or more touchdown passes and six out of seven where he's had 300-yard games plus. And, of course, he's carrying it. And, of course, Matthew Stafford, off as on the offensive side, particularly getting it together with Cooper Cup, looks like an upgrade there. Uh, how do you see this game going? I love this game. I would say, John, going into the season, that whether it's Las Vegas or whether it's just most of these people who pick games or look at it, if we want to call people experts or people in the media or fans or anybody, that these two teams, if Tampa was the best, and if you wanted to pick Green Bay or you thought Seattle or some one of those teams, but the Rams were a favorable pick too. They were a, like the, the a hot commodity this off season with Stafford that they were a favorite to get you know deep into the NFC and deep into January. And we got that type of game now. And this could be a rematch when, of, of late January before the Super Bowl. They got a quarterback who's finally got players. He doesn't have to throw it 45 times. And and it seems like the Stafford McVay mix is perfect. And it's something he needs because, with all due respect to Jared Goff, Stafford's a better player. In this game, we always talk about Brady and all the weapons. Their defense is filthy. There are linebackers run, meaning Tampa Bay's. They were the best in the league last year against the run, and they are doing the same thing, knocking people around to start the season. Rams when lost Cam Akers. My biggest key in this game is can you make the Rams one-dimensional, even at home, and force Stafford to – do what he had to do in Detroit. Now, better weapons. Cooper Cup's playing out of his mind, as you mentioned, is make them one-dimensional where you hope that you get a tipped ball because if you do, the guy on the other side of the field is the best player that's ever played the position or the best player in the NFL history in Brady. So you can't give them that many chances. So I think a big key is if you make the Rams one-dimensional, I favor Tampa. Now, the Tom is, if Brady's ever had, I don't even want to call it a weakness, but 
the struggle is that when you rush with four, three, four, don't have to blitz to put pressure on him, and you play zone behind it, if there's any kind of a uh, – if he becomes, should I say, a little bit mortal where he's not – where he's immortal everywhere else, that that may be it. And that's where he's had some struggles in the course of his career. But if you're going to play a man and blitz him, he destroys you. So I'm anxious to see what they dial up. And if they can get pressure with Aaron Donald and that group up front, I think Tampa Bay's offensive line's underrated. So for me, I still like Tampa going on the road and winning because even though their passing game can carry them, Tom Brady likes to throw balls to make it an extension of the run game. But they also can hit you with Jones and Fournette and pound you just enough to wear you out. I think this is a great game. It's going to be a playoff atmosphere. I still like Brady going on the road and being able to deal with it because I think if it gets right down to it and you make them one-dimensional, I favor Tampa because I think Tampa can play a little bit more two-dimensional football in this game. Their, Their defensive front seven will be paramount in the run game to force Stafford to have to throw 40-plus times. Aside from the uh, Matthew Stafford, which quarterback move and uh, quarterback moves, two or three maybe, that you like the most? Well, I liked the Carson Wentz thing. If he came back healthy and confident, you know, he, look, he looks like he was starting to pick it up. Now the ankle injuries, and you know, that, that bothered me a, a little bit. And hopefully he can get back out there because we saw a little bit of flash last, uh, last week before he got hurt. And I... And when he came over, my biggest concern was, will he get the confidence back that, you know, he wasn't decisive enough in Philadelphia. They they weren't any good anyway. But if we're counting draft picks and offseason, I'm going to tell you what, I don't know how you feel about him. Well, I think I know, Johnny, but I think Mac Jones is playing really good football, man. I do. I I love the way he's playing. I I love the, the, the fact that he processes information so quickly. Uh, I don't care about the gaudy statistics. Those are fine. Uh, Trey Lance is going to be a hell of a player. I think all these guys are going to be good and do their thing, and Mac Jones is the perfect guy now as far as long distance goes. But my second favorite is Darnold. I've always loved him. John, I think you have too. And I, I saw the forest through the trees with him, and I, I always felt, and I, and I died on that hill. I mean, I'm dying on that hill like for the next 50 years. But Sam Darnold, if he got coached right and was in the right spot, that he would become a – star in the league now star may be premature but he's starting to look like the guy i expected coming out of sc and he's accurate with the football he's taking shots but they're calculated smart shots he's coached by joe brady and we knew what he did with joe burrow and i think matt rules a phenomenal football coach i do and i think they're real and their defense so for me it goes stafford and it goes darnold because you didn't have to give up the world to go get darnold and they looked and said there's something there just like a lot of people felt and so for me, there's a we got some young studs, and I think Zach Wilson's going to turn out fine. We got some great players, but I'm going to go with Darnold second uh, after Stafford because I think if Carolina keeps this up and he keeps playing, I think they're going to make the playoffs. Now they're going to win the division because Tampa, but I think they can make the playoffs because their defense is fierce. But Darnold would be second for me. What about you? Yeah, I would. I would, I would definitely think on Darnold because and I I, I like the Wentz deal because when they made the Wentz trade. You know, I gave them the chance then to move up and win the division over at t- Tennessee. But then, of course, right. you know, he gets the he got the foot injury, uh, broken foot, and then he only had four practices going into the regular season. So you knew he was going to be a little bit of a struggle. And then, of course, now he gets you know two ankle injuries. Looks like he's going to be able to play. But the problem is, is like, uh, okay, is that going to be good enough? Particularly against a schedule where the Colts have to open the season against five teams, five that had winning records last year. 10-plus win records last year. Right. Oh, there's no question. And 
you talk about a team that, I mean, Easton, as you know from him being yeah. up in, in the Northwest, is that he can throw it now. But as you know, John, the, the you know pressure and blitzing him and and making making sure he gets a grasp of what's going on because he he's not going to see many reps. Although the advantage was in the preseason, he got a lot of work because Wentz wasn't practicing. So we'll see how he handles this week. As long as if, if Wentz isn't ready, if they have to put him aside, let's hope it's short term for Wentz. But I'm with yeah. you. I if we can get him back to the way he was, confidence and health. They may, that'll end up being a really good deal with Frank Reich in Indianapolis. Yeah, but the one thing, it looks like they're going to go with Brett Hundley as opposed to Eason, and they may get Eason on the field at some point and use two quarterbacks during the course oh, so of the game. Also, they decided to put Hundley in instead, because I, I, I saw yeah. early this morning, they said Eason would get the start. Oh, real? okay, if, I didn't if, I didn't uh, see that. Okay, yeah. Now, I, I mean, maybe I'm not, now, it might be wrong, John, because yeah. remember my show, you come on my show, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Thing, I'm up at 3.30 in the morning, I saw it at like 5 a.m., so okay, okay. maybe it may have changed, but they had said that Easton would get the start if Wentz couldn't, but that was seven hours ago, six right, hours right, ago. So right. it may have changed as we talk. So either way, they're at a disadvantage. Now, I know that Easton can throw it better. Hundley's been in the league longer. Either way, uh, the, the, the you need Carson Wentz back in the lineup, and I think we all know that. Why do why it, does it look like uh, you know Zach Wilson looks lost out there in his first two games? Personnel. Uh, John, one thing I know about him, and I, I was able like, to train a quarterback from BYU that's a young kid, and I was able to go pre all this stuff, watch Zach Wilson work out when he had the spring before he won the job, and then when it had that monster year before COVID kicked in. And I, I was in the field house two different times at BYU and Provo watching him work while I was working with my guy. And during a break, I had my eye to him because I. I've always been intrigued with him because people, even when he was coming in, said there's a different attitude. There's some swagger about it. Well, when I watched him throw, I thought, I left there after two workouts and went and told a couple buddies, and I said, this kid at BYU is a pretty good player, man. Well, I didn't think he was going to be able to do all he did, but there's a he can do all the things that the, when I say this, not all of them, I'm not comparing him, but what we like the Darnold's off schedule and Mahomes and Rodgers, where there's that ability to do stuff that the normal guy wouldn't attempt, right? That you say, man. How is he making that throw? He's got that in him. And you know what, John? Even though he looks like he's 12, he can handle the New York through this. They've got to be patient with him. They're not good. And, you know, whenever a rookie runs into Belichick, you know he's a quarterback, you're in trouble. He's going to get you, let alone a veteran. And so I actually think throwing four picks and seeing it, and he started off in both games really, really poorly in the first half. He's got to come out of that locker room better because he actually finishes a bit stronger I need to see four quarters, but I, I love his ability. I love his swagger. I love the fact I know he's a worker, and I think eventually, but it's the Jets. Are you going to give us players? I think Robert Sala's a good coach, and I think LaFleur, Mike will do a good job with him, but we got to give it a chance. And we're, we're talking about two games, and you know the guy right now, again, he's, got, he's, a, he's a gunslinger. All they got to do is make sure, hey, give me the simple play. Make me the simple thing. You don't have to hit a home run every time you come up. We saw Sam try that, and now he's settling in on a new place. I think that Zach Wilson, his, put it this way, of the five guys that came out uh, this year, his abilities, I mean, his, his raw abilities and arm is better than any of them. Now, that didn't mean a hill of beans if you don't protect the football, but if he's a smart kid, and he will learn from this, and you just got to have a little patience because now we want everybody to be Mahomes, right? After you got to be Mahomes. Well, no. You don't have to be Mahomes yet. I know you can throw a sidearm and do all that stuff, and people expect it, but that's not the that, that's not the measuring stick. I mean, that's the gold standard for the new quarterbacks. He'll settle in. I am a 
big believer in Zach Wilson after I saw him do some things because he'll throw it in tight windows. The key for him now is get into a game where you get completions, get a win under your belt, and just start to build this Jets franchise. I, I know that he's special. He's got to let himself be special and quit trying to be a hero. The hero syndrome for young quarterbacks can become a problem. Hey, Sean, great to talk to you as always, and particularly in a quarterback year like this. And, of course, looking forward to getting together with you as we do every Friday morning. Thanks for joining us on Schooled with the Professor. Nobody better than you, Johnny. Hang in there. I look forward to talking to you again, brother. Thanks for having me on. And that does it for this week's podcast. In between episodes, you can follow me on Twitter at Clayton ESPN. If you enjoy these weekly one-on-one conversations, consider leaving a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to the show. Thanks for listening. See you next time on Schooled with the Professor.